At Planet Fitness, you can get down with your judgment-free self. Join for only $1 down, $10 a month, no commitment. Now through January 15th, Planet Fitness has cardio, weights, and locker rooms that sparkle like a glass of New Year's champagne. Only $1 down, $10 a month, no commitment. Now through January 15th, join in-club or online at planetfitness.com. Planet Fitness, the judgment-free zone. Offer expires January 15th. Stop by any of our 15 area locations. Annual membership fee applies. Participating locations only. See club for details. Blog Talk Radio. There are children in every country that tonight will go to bed hungry. Isn't that a shame? This has got to end My heart breaks when I see them suffering Cause I feel like we're doing nothing We just all pretend Not to understand
you so much for tuning into the Sasha Marina show today. Uh, once again, that song is Haven Star uh, with her song Hero, and uh, which she made for the Make Your Own Peace Foundation in Miami, Florida. I really love that song, and I can't believe that a 12-year-old has that sort of voice. Anywho, uh, today's guest is um, empowering author Leo Wilcox. He has uh, current, well, most currently released a book called Distress to Success, and it's pretty much about solving stress and winning big in relationships, wealth, and life itself. Um, it, he kind of released it before the holidays and has some big pointers or had some big pointers for um, the holiday stress and them being, you know, um, lack of time, um, stressing about money, and uh, possibly going to your in-laws and stressing about that too and how you can do uh, yoga <laughs> with um to distress over your in-laws. I, I found that really funny. And, uh, well, without further ado, I'm going to have him live on the air and kind of ask him some questions. And it may be not now for the holidays, but for a new year, how you can kind of take your stress else, elsewhere and uh, and turn it into your own success. Uh, so, uh, good afternoon. Uh, how are you? Leo? Okay, I guess he can't hear me right now, but um, I guess I'll be. Hello. I guess we'll be right back. Hopefully, um, he can hear me next time. <laughs> Try this once again with uh, Leo. Um, hello, Leo. Can you hear me? Hello, I can hear you. Oh, perfect. Hi, how are you? Good afternoon. How are you today? I'm good, thank you. How are you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. Okay, great. So, um, as I was kind of introducing you before, your your newly released book, "The Stress to Success," and how um, it's kind of 
geared towards making uh, your stress into, you know, I, I guess for, for your own good instead of for deteriorating you. Um, as I mentioned before, too, you have some key points for the for the holiday stress, and and I mean, hopefully, um, most of us have have already surpassed that, and now it's a new year. Um, I guess let's start by what what key points might you have for us to um, gain, you know, our success in this new year? Well, the points for holiday stress really apply to everyday stress anyway. So one of the points that I would say for anyone who wants to have a good year this year is, well, the first thing is to actually understand stress for what it is. Stress is just a part of life that we all deal with. As I point out in De-Stress to Success, no one's immune to it. So you see people like like you know, Hollywood stars and musicians and and so-called you know, gurus and stuff who set themselves up to look like they don't have problems. But at the end of the day, everyone has to deal with it. And the thing that causes a lot of people a lot of stress is their own beliefs about themselves mm-hmm. and their... And, and the things that they go through. So, for example, a lot of people have an insecurity in somewhere in their life. And then because of that thing that they feel that they're not good enough in in many areas of their life, and so a lot of their stress levels go up. And so what what I do is I help people to bring down the stress levels by seeing that even though that they may not be perfect in an area of life, but that they're still worth being loved and they're still worth being respected. They're still worth everything regardless of this one or two things that they think are wrong with themselves. Okay. So um, in other words, most of our stress is a, it's just oneself um, thinking that you can't complete that one goal. Yes. Very much so. Okay. Okay. And, I mean, that's, you know, um, it's it's somewhat difficult, I guess, for those that uh, don't have, not to say that don't have their life together, but you you try so hard and a lot of, some people have that routine, that daily routine where you just wake up at 5 in the morning, get to work by 7 or 8, whatever, or drop off your kids, that, that one routine. And that routine, even though they already know how it is and how it's going to be the next day, it, it still tends to be stressful, whether it be because of the traffic before they go home or maybe, I mean, before they go to work or maybe some, maybe someone at work that kind of stresses them and they don't know how to escape that. For instance, you, you, you talk about, you know, the, the in-laws during the holidays. Um, but what about, you know, someone at work that, that you just don't know how to work with that person and that person just really stresses you out? Okay, so there's two ways to look at this really. The first way is, and this one's a bit hard for some people to Uh acknowledge. Uh The first one is that life is a mirror and that, I guess, person at work or that situation at work is just reflecting something about us. And have you ever noticed that the people you like and the people mm-hmm. you get on with are people that you find 
similar to yourself? Of course, yeah, that makes sense. Okay. But what a lot of people don't realize is the people we don't get on with are also people who are similar to ourselves, just mm-hmm. in a different area of life. And usually they're similar to us in an area of life that we actually don't like about ourselves. For example, let's say the person in the office who backstabs and you know gossips about others, and we really don't like that. But then we're out gossiping about them because it frustrates us hearing them gossip. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so the truth is we actually don't like when we gossip. And so when we hear or see this person gossiping, it's, it, reminds us, it reminds us of a, a thing we do not like in ourselves. And so we don't really want to be around that person because we don't want to keep being reminded of something that we feel guilty about ourselves. Mm-hmm. The, the second thing I always teach people, um, and this is very vital to minimize your stress, is to see how this person or situation is actually a benefit to you. How is this person being rude, being obnoxious, being nasty, whatever it is, how does it help you? Okay, and it really does vary for everybody. Um, It could be something helping you to learn patience, something helping you to learn maybe how to love unconditionally, it might be helpful in the sense that, you know what, no one else in the office likes him either. And so it gives you the opportunity to rise up that ladder faster or get that promotion or that pay increase faster because maybe everyone else doesn't like this person, so you're being compared to this person. They're giving you an opportunity to actually grow quicker and obtain your goal faster. So there's okay. a lot of ways that it actually is a benefit to you. It's just a matter of being willing to see both sides instead of just the side that's hurting us. Okay. And, um, you know, it's it's wonderful that someone like yourself um, has actually or somehow along, you know, your journey in life grasped this this knowledge and really worked with it and now is is using that, you know, to teach others and how to better themselves and, and better their lives. Um, I guess, when did this begin for you, you know, grasping your stress into success? <laughs> uh, I didn't always understand this. I, I grew up in an area of Sydney, which mm-hmm. would have been considered, would have been considered, you know, the ghetto or, you know, a, a rough area. Okay. The mm-hmm. only difference was that it, we didn't we don't have guns as readily available. But um, that's not saying they're not there; they're just not as readily available. But it was it was rough. Um, I I became a very negative person. I didn't trust people for a long time. If if I didn't know them, I just didn't trust them. Um, I used I used to get picked on for being the white kid. Um, it, it was so I grew up very angry, very negative, always looking over my shoulder, um, you know, concerned that I'm going to get attacked again. And and then one day I had a lovely sister who told me that she was amazed at how negative I was 
And of course, I want to slap her for pointing out that I was so negative. <laughs> so I was being negative about being called negative. Um, but it was such a great turning point for me because I realized she's right. I've got so much amazing things in my life. And yet I'm always looking at the worst things. And that was what my focus was on. So I made a conscious effort to shift my focus. And one of the things I used was a gratitude journal. Um, and for those who don't know what that is, it's very simple. It's just writing down five to 10 things each day. And it has to be different things. Um, and I did that for a month. So at the end of a month, I had 150 different things that I was grateful for. Wow. The other thing was, the other thing was doing a compliment journal. Remember how I said that if you if you only understand that everything you're seeing around you is a is a mirror of what's happening within you. So mm -hmm. within me, I didn't feel that I was worth much. I guess because of my experiences, and it can be from family life, it can be from school life. Um, for me, it was probably more on the school life side. Um, I was not very smart. I didn't learn to read till I was about 12, almost 13. I struggled through pretty much every aspect of school except socializing and sport. Um, but, but the other thing I did was a compliment journal, which is exactly the same thing, except you write five to ten compliments about yourself each day. And that can range from your looks to things you've accomplished to things you other people might have said. But at the end of the month, I had 150 different compliments about myself. If you ever want to build your self-esteem, compliment yourself. And when you build that self-esteem, you don't tend to worry. See, a lot of people think, oh, he's a confident person. And... A lot of confident people, are, a lot of people that we think are confident are actually not. They use these mm -hmm. outward ways to hide their insecurities and hope you don't notice them. A, a real confident person walks into the room and doesn't need to compare themselves. They don't sit there and go, I'm better than you, I'm better than you, oh, I'm not as good as you. A confident person can walk into the room and go, we're all awesome, we all have our strengths, we all have our weaknesses, and that's what makes us amazing. And so a confident person, it doesn't really matter what anyone else says, whether it's a compliment or whether it's a, an attack, a confident person knows they are amazing regardless of what other people think. Uh, other people think. And so they, they don't worry so much. It doesn't hurt them. It doesn't destroy them when they get torn down. It doesn't, they don't get over-elated when, when someone gives them a compliment. So build your confidence and your stress levels do reduce in an amazing and large way. Okay. So um, most definitely, you know, you mentioned a couple of things there, especially like some, um, I've met along some people, you know, along the way that, um, that, that use that arrogance or maybe quote-unquote confidence to kind of really hide that they're somewhat really insecure and, um, and, it, and when you find that out, it's kind of like shocking. You're like, oh, well, you know, that person is totally what I probably thought they were, and they were just like masking it. So, um, 
most definitely. And, of course, I, I feel that um, it's very important to one really compliment yourself, like you said, and build yourself up if nobody else is. Um, you don't, you know, got to do it yourself if nobody really is there. And, uh, and and like you said, maybe somebody has to, like, kind of just put it in your face, like, you know, you are a negative person for you to finally wake up. Um, and yeah. luckily, you you know, you, you actually took the right steps. Others might have not taken that step, but it's, um, I guess it's only time will tell, and, you know, it's in the beholder's eyes to actually really um, go forward with what they think is right in their life. Um, I wanted to ask you about, for instance, parents. Um, you have a, a question here on your site that I that I thought that's, uh, you know, worth worth mentioning. How can one make their kids happy without having to buy them everything in the world and everything that they desire? <laughs> I, because I really all the, like you know, question. I've seen a lot of parents and nowadays they, they think that making their kids happy is taking them to Toys R Us or taking them here, buying them this and that. And, and at the end of the day, it's not going to make the kid happy because you're always going to want something new. You know, that's what the media's for, and the commercials with all the you know, the same toys, just they change the colors. <laughs> so um, exactly. <yeah. laughs> Look, there's a there's a few things. First of all, setting a boundary with yourself financially, saying this is the amount of money that I'm going to spend a maximum on for my child on on any given thing, and. That way, you, you you sit there and you budget it and you go, okay, that's what I can really afford. I'm I'm not going to go into debt for this. So there's that instantly will start reducing stress. But the big thing is that the more you give them, if you, if you've heard the saying, more is less and less is more, it's very much with children. Okay, the more you give them, the more they want. Because like you said, they get very bored very quickly when they have a lot. Mm-hmm. See, if you give them the latest games all the time or the latest toys, or if, if you've given them, say, let's, let's say you've given them 50 presents at Christmas. And what happens is they have to spread their attention to 50 different toys or different gizmos or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of area to spread our attention out to. And so what happens is we see there and go, oh, wow, this is amazing. Oh, that's a bit boring. Now, okay, what, what about this one? What about this one? And so they don't actually really get to go into each toy and really understand them and actually really play with them properly. But yet you see a child who only gets, you, you see a child who only gets you know, three toys or four toys um, or even just one toy. Maybe that's all their parents can afford. And that child treasures that toy. They look after it. They they really make sure that it's protected, it's safe. They know where it is. And so it's a very different way of looking at the way it is. So more actually becomes less until it comes to love and time. You want to give more to your child and reduce your stress at the same time. The only thing children really, really want, apart from their actual needs of food and clothing and shelter and stuff, but the only thing they really need and want is love and time. And if you want to minimize your stress levels, it's giving them that time. And, uh, for example, my son got these little goalposts for 
um, his birthday because he's on New Year's Day. And they're not like some big, massively... Ex- don't get me wrong, they weren't cheap either, but they, they're not like really expensive. But, mm-hmm. Reasonable. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're reasonable. And the, his most exciting present was his new soccer boots and this goalpost. And we went out on his birthday and we played soccer for probably about an hour and a half straight. And that was only because it was summer, it was getting too hot, so we went inside. And then as soon as it was cool enough again, we he was going straight back to me, Dad, let's go out, Dad, let's go out, Dad, let's go out. So we went back out and we played some more soccer. Um, mm-hmm. Again, he didn't get heaps of gifts or, sorry, tons of gifts. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But he loved what he received and he's happy. Definitely. I feel that my mom tells us um, her stories of when, you know, being raised in Cuba. And um, as a child, you know, m- maybe maybe a doll for your birthday you receive for your, for Christmas, you know, and, and you yeah. would treasure that doll and you would make little outfits for her that you would actually make them. You couldn't go and buy the Barbie outfit or whatever, you know. Yeah. Um, and, and that's all they had. But most of their fun came from just actually going out and, and playing. And and sometimes we're like, you know, my siblings and I'm like, well, I wish I had that childhood where you, there was no worries and the kids go out in the street and find some stick in the ball and play baseball or whatever or, you know, kick a ball around and play hide and go seek with no worries. Um, and that I, I I see that as like, oh, wow, childhood. Um, like, like for us, I we were raised inside inside the house because whether our parents are too scared to have us play outside or, you know, th- those kind of worries that kind of fog your parents' head, you know. Um, so I think that hopefully uh, maybe children from the from the next generation they they kind of start having that feel again, and it's not all about the material things. I really think that's important. Absolutely. Um, just a quick note, actually. Mm-hmm. Another thing that will cause more stress for you as a parent, if that's if that's what it is, is actually allowing your kids to stay inside all the time um, on, at the TV, on computers, on iPods, iPads, tablets, whatever it is, because there, there's actually a, a chemical reaction in the brain. literally almost like a drug which gives a massive serotonin boost when they're in front of these screens all the time and what happens is life without the screen becomes boring just the same as for a drug addict life without drugs or life without alcohol becomes boring Mm -hmm. and and so if they're in front of screens all the time then they then all they ever want is that screen and that's why it doesn't matter what other toys you buy them, it's very boring to them. And so your stress levels go up because they'll always be saying, I'm bored, I'm bored. Um, for me, we minimize that with our children by saying, look, you're only going to have one movie or two movies a week. You're not watching normal TV. Mm-hmm. Um, and But my children are out playing sports, they're on the trampoline, swing set, we will take them to the park or to the beach, 
like they're, they're outside a lot, um, and but they entertain themselves. Like even when we're not there, they are very happy entertaining themselves. Definitely. So, uh, Leo, I'd like to thank you uh, for, for your time uh, this afternoon, and also. Um, where can one find and and purchase your book, Distress to Success? You can either go to my website, which is Distress to Success, D E S T R E S S T O S U C C E S S dot com, or mm-hmm. you can go to Amazon. And um, easiest way is to look up my name. Um, which is L-E-O-W-I-L-L-C-O-C-K-S. So go to Amazon and look up my name, and that's the easiest way to get it as well. Okay, perfect. So um, I'll definitely be looking more into into your writing and so forth. Do you have anything new coming? Are are you working on something new coming out soon this year, or what, what else is in store for you? Um, at the moment, I'm most I've mostly been working um, just with the book at this point, as it's only just mm-hmm. come out. But mm-hmm. um, there is plans to do a second one, um, which will delve into some other areas of minimising your stress, but in specific mm-hmm. areas of life. Okay. So that's wonderful. I mean, um, once again, I thank you very much. And um, I'm I'm looking forward to hear more about you. And whenever you're ready with the second book, I know that you're still working on this one, but the invitation is open for you. And um, you have a great weekend. Great week. (laughs) Well, thank you very much for having me on the show. Of course. Bye-bye. Bye. So there you have it, Leo Wilcox. Make sure to check him out, um, leowilcox.com also. Um, you can find more, a little bit about him there, and also his book, um, learn from his book, or just go to the website he gave you, com, which is the title of his book. And uh, also, as for us, just keep up with us through com, like our Facebook page and so forth. And, yeah, thank you so much for tuning in, and bye-bye. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. The moon, yeah. That's Hugo, tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi-oh! This next one's for you, too. There's a burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations.